Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. How you doing? I'm Adam Catterall, in for Andy Goldstein, and you're listening to the TalkSport Daily Tyson Fury slash England 1000's International Special. In today's edition, you'll hear from, guess what? Tyson Fury. He was in the studio with Alan Brazil and Ali McCoist. Jordan Henderson on drive, ahead of the landmark occasion at Wembley as England faced Montenegro, as well as the Three Lions hat-trick hero from 1966, Sir Jeff Hurst. But to start off, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King himself, talking Deontay Wilder. And first, how he got up from that knockdown a year ago. Well, I rose like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> no, it, it, it's an instinct thing. It's a natural ability to recover fast. Mm. And, you know, if there's any, any breath left in the body, I will continue to fight back. But... I'm very experienced in this game and I've been around it a long time. I've studied it all my life. I was brought up in gyms. I'm a gym rat. So what I don't know about boxing ain't worth knowing. And I know when you've been hit and hurt and dropped or or buzzed or stung or whatever, then you take a knee and you don't get up until your mind's clear. A lot of these inexperienced fights, you see it with world champions even, they get dropped. Ego thing, they jump straight back up. They're not ready. They get tagged again and they go again. That's why you've got 10. That's why you've got 10 and you don't have to get up till 8. Correct. Well, that, so I use what did he say to you? What did the referee? I know he's looking at you. Did he say anything to you? Yes, there? He, he did. When I got up, he went, "Can you continue?" I said, "Yes." He went, "Move to the left." Move to the left, and a little jog to the left. Move to the right, jog to the right. He went, "Are you sure you're?" I said, "100 percent. Let's go." Because in the changing room, he said to me, "It was it was on camera actually. You can yeah. view it on YouTube somewhere." He said, "If one of you go down, God forbid." He said, "I'll ask you to get up and move to the left, move to the right." He said, "Show me you're okay." I put both hands on his shoulders, looked in his eyes and said, I'm OK. Now, on drive, Adrian Durham and Darren Bent were joined by Jordan Henderson and Sir Jeff Hurst ahead of the game against Montenegro. First, it's the Liverpool captain and then it's Jeff Hurst. You see? You see what we've done there? And he'll finally confirm whether or not it crossed the line. VAR! With the squad that we've got and the talent that we've got, we've got great potential, you know. And uh, our goal is to work towards, yeah, doing doing something special in the Euros and beyond that. Um, and and I think the summer give us a great platform to to build on. Um, but it's down to us to keep working hard, keep improving, and um, and giving everything to to try and change, yeah, that that sort of historic England that haven't really got over the line. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I think this crop of England players are probably the best we've had for a while as a team. And and what's Gareth what's Gareth Santos? Does he obviously we know he believes, but what is he doing that's kind of changing the, the, the culture? Because I feel like when obviously I was playing to now the control the culture and the mentality has completely changed. So what what has he done that's that made it all obviously possible? Like last summer you said the World Cup getting so close. Like what has he done? I think bringing everyone together. Um, a lot of young players that have come into the squad have been fantastic, you know, and have no fear and and and, and yeah, they've done so well. But also the experienced players welcome them in, making sure that the group stays close together and everybody's on the same page. And um, yeah, Gareth's done a, a brilliant job so far since he's come in, and we just want to continue to to learn, to improve. Um, and then when you do that, you never know what can happen. A couple of Liverpool players in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, I want to talk to you about both of them. First of all, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's so young and he's done so much. It's ridiculous, wow. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, it is scary to be honest when you think about it. Um, but he's he's a fantastic player, of course. Um, but he's got a great head on his shoulders, you know. Um, he's so experienced for a young player, so mature. Um, yeah, and yeah, he deserves everything, all the credit he gets, really. I've heard people say, I mean, ex-players, you know, people who know the game, coaches, uh, he's, not that he's wasted at right back, but this is a guy who could be running things in central midfield in in the future. <laughs> Do people say that at Liverpool? Are you looking at him thinking the same at Liverpool? I've given a bit of stick about that. <laughs> stick, stick the turn right back. Let us do the midfield. Uh, <laughs> just want to know what England means to you I know you've come to a lot of England games here you've obviously uh, got that massive massive part in England's history but what does England the England football team mean to you well I think it's just to play for your country is the biggest thing you can do it's great for the nation I think the thing about the sport is when England do well in anything it attracts people outside the sport itself. So when England do well in football, it's not just the hardened football followers that start the fight. The whole nation, it's a national, it's a national thing, a national event where some team in any sport is doing well. And I think that that's a really big thing about it. I never dreamt to play for England. I look back at the time, it was a complete surprise to me. I never talked about playing for England. It was just not on my calendar. But I look back now, 50 years, and I'd argue very strongly I should have played for England three years earlier with the, uh, scoring goals from 62-3 and uh, one of the top goal scorers, West Ham won the Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, doing well as a side, scoring goals, um, the goal in the final as well. And um, But at the time, it's, I never dreamt I'd, I'd play for my country. Yeah, you didn't do bad. <laughs> I think you could say I did okay. Finished mildly okay, yes. And was it over the line? you got a German parentage, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer. Listen, had VAR been around today, uh, it would have categorically would have been indecisive like it is today (laughs) (laughs) time for a serious topic now and you may have seen this on social media if you haven't you're going to be enthralled with what you're about to hear it's a very important one and Ali and Ali tackled it brilliantly on breakfast with the one and only Tyson Fury talking about his battles with mental health it's a big epidemic at the moment. You know, the government's going to spend 800-odd million quid on, on mental health. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that need hope, help, and uh, the will to just go forward and open up to people. And, and this book gives a real insight in what it's like to bottle it all up and not tell anyone and, and hide it and be ashamed of it. And it gives you an, an insight on what it's like to come out and, and be open. Did that come to you early doors, early when you are at school? or? Yeah, I've always suffered with anxiety and depression. 
but I never knew what it was yeah. up until I got educated on it in 2016. So I used to suffer and think, oh, this is just the way that life is. I thought it was like a mood swing to begin with. I didn't know, I didn't understand it. Mm. Always happy, unhappy, up and downs, highs and lows. And it wasn't until I had a mental breakdown in 2017 that I really got to grips and started getting educated on the matter and learning all about it. When you say a mental breakdown, you were just confused. You think, what's wrong with me? What, why, why am I like this? Or When did you realise I'm having a breakdown? I've, I've had a couple of breakdowns in my uh, in my life. Yeah. Um, the biggest ones that stand out, one was in 2012. That was the first time out of all the depression I've had in my life where I start thinking about suicide oh. and start thinking about mm. uh, smashing cars into trees and <clears throat> jumping in front of trains and off bridges and stuff. And I didn't know why I was feeling like this because I was undefeated. I was British and Commonwealth champion at that time. I had a, a good career going and... I just felt most of the time like I didn't want to live anymore and I didn't want to be on this planet. Um, Were you scared to tell someone, talk about it? or I was afraid to come out with it because, you know, I come from a long line of fighting men and I'm supposed to be a big tough box yeah. and nothing can faze me. And all of a sudden I've got all these problems and I feel as vulnerable as a, as a child. I was going to say to you, <clears throat> could, could I suggest, could this actually be your greatest achievement? Could this be greater than boxing, what you're doing here? Making awareness of this? Because make no mistake about it, you'll you know, you know better than me. 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, nobody spoke about it. Exactly. You know, I think one of the first high-profile sportsmen was Frank Bruno. Yeah. And, and he was the first one who started coming out of it, and he, he was his problems were publicly documented. Um, mm. And that's why I became an ambassador for the Frank Bruno Foundation, because Frank was one of the first big stars in this country to open up about it. Um, yeah, so I'm just following on from that, really. And I think this is the bigger than boxing, much bigger yeah. than boxing. And this is the reason I came back and made the second career, second journey. Not for any other reason other than to, to document and to let people know how you can come back from mm. suicide to back to the top. You were talking earlier about jumping in front of a truck or, a, 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 or wrapping your car on a tree. And yet, for me, that walk... When you're when the when the noise comes out, the music comes out, and you walk to that ring, that must be that, for me. That's terrifying. But you 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 know you revel in it now. Is that what you feel at home? Well, there's there's two characters to Tyson Fury. There's Tyson Fury, the man, and then there's the Gypsy King, the entertainer, and it's totally two different people. You won't believe how different them two people mm. are. It's like another person sat there it's, it's not me today mm. it's an entertainer it's somebody who's never been affected by mental health if that makes any sense at all the gypsy king has been very <laughs> for tyson fury as a man mm. because the man has been affected by by stuff that can bring everyone down but gypsy king has never ever had any defaults yeah. he's done mm. everything asked of him he's been all around the world and boxed all the best champions has been and he's never ever defaulted which character do you prefer well, do you know, when I'm when I'm in a boxing ring and when I'm doing my stuff and entertaining, then the Gypsy King comes out and he thrives. But while I'm at home and while I'm doing day-to-day -day stuff and while I'm just a normal person, a husband, a father, a son, then Tyson Fury, the man, is where I want to be. Fabulous. And before, I always mm. used to wear a mask. Always. That's why the book's called Behind the Mask. I used to put on an act. I was a performing monkey. Wind me up, watch me go. And that's how it was for years. Yeah. Because being a good boxer wasn't enough. Never. It's never enough. Because even if you're a top boxer, but nobody's interested in what you do, mm. then it's pointless. Mm. To be a big pay-per-view star, to be a crossover star, to make people want to watch and get big viewing figures, you have to do something. You have to act like a crazy man. Mm. And if you look at all the great champions from the past, the ones we can remember, yeah. they were all 
outgoing, controversial. Yeah. They were all showmen, every yeah. one of them. Mm. And, and that's what I had to portray. But now it's like I'm, I can just, now I've got to that level, I just be me now. There's no mask anymore. There's no performances, nothing. All me. Absolutely fantastic. Again, I'll stress that there's a, a lovely social media video going on our Twitter. Go and have a little bit of a nosy on that. And as Tyson says there, if you do need help, go and see your doctor and they'll point you in the right direction, no doubt about it. It is good to talk. Well done, Tyson, uh, for airing that yesterday, exclusive to Talk Sport. Now, back to Wembley. And that thumping win for Gareth Southgate. Here's the fallout with myself and Jason Cundy, the duck lover himself, over on the sports bar. Alexander Arnold's volley, Harry Kane! There's your piece of history. 5-0 to England, the first man ever to score a hat-trick in consecutive appearances at Wembley. Let's get back to Wembley, because Nigel Adderley's in the tunnel, sticking his microphones in people's faces. What have you got, Nigel? Harry Kane is with me. Harry, uh, a hat-trick tonight, a record-breaking performance from you, and a, a great way to qualify for a major tournament. Yeah, it was a perfect way. We said before the game, we really wanted to put on a show. We didn't want to just kind of scrape over the line. We wanted to put in a great performance, and 5-0 uh, five, five at half-time definitely showed that. We was. It was good on the ball, moved it quick, forward runs, crosses, set plays. Um, yeah, we, we were ruthless in front of goal and of course, uh, to finish it off in the second half, clean sheet, another couple. Um, yeah, it really was a, a great night and obviously the thousandth game as well was, was a, one to remember. You've gone above Shearer, uh, Lofthouse and Finney on the all-time list tonight, which is pretty illustrious company. Do you have a target in mind for how many goals you could score for England? Just to carry on going, yeah. It's, it's one of them that uh, I feel good, I feel confident. I'm, 26 now, so uh, hopefully more time to improve, more time to play plen plenty of games. So, uh, like I said, with the quality we've got in this team, I'm going to get chances, and, and I feel confident to put them away. You haven't come from Sheffield, Harry, and you've left at half-time? I'm driving home to Sheffield now, yeah. Oh, mate, honestly, that's appalling. That's appalling. Well, you phoned up to moan. No, but no, it's not moan. I'm just saying this. We've won 5-0, we've won and I've left at half-time because it wasn't exciting. It's... You know, it's... What well, did you expect to see? The, 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 what did you expect to see tonight? Uh, just, just, I think just some more exciting football. We, we, we didn't get out of second gate. It was, it, you know, the opposition, the opposition weren't fantastic. Um, and it'd be more embarrassing if they scored them two goals. And as I said, Jason, I completely agree with what you said. Two passes through, and they could have had two chances, and it could have been 5-2 at half-time. And how do we come see goals that? When we start going into the bigger tournaments... Them kind of things yeah. people are pushed to sleep. Harry, Harry, they didn't though. They didn't, and we put five on them in the first half, mate. How was that not entertaining? I, I just didn't. Honestly, I just didn't find it entertaining. I'm, I'm really pleased. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad we've won. But I'm looking forward to the Euros now, and it's it's just one of them games. I was so so excited to come down tonight. I don't, can't can't quite know? work out. What, yeah. what, so then what, you I'm do. Baffled. You talk. You're, you're excited about it, and then you moan, and then you left at half time you're playing we're playing against Montenegro this was the youngest England team how old are you Harry? 50 right so, so since you've been alive okay this is the youngest England team ever and it's the most exciting team we've got I get that but <laughs> for, for, for me for me I don't I don't think we, we, we didn't get out of second gear we, we didn't have to though there's lots, more, there's lots more things we could have done mm. they, put, they, they scored five goals in the first half what more yeah, could they have done? Yeah, I didn't want 10 goals. I just wanted to see more, some more exciting football. That's all it was. And it's a cold night. 
I've got to drive a long way home, so I left at half time because <laughs> trying to get to Wembley. What time did you? What time did you travel down to the game tonight? Eleven o'clock this morning. Right. And you stayed for forty-five minutes. Yep. I mean, I don't know what to say to you, Harry. Really, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm, I don't want you to say anything to no. me. It's my, it's my decision. I'm just, I've just rang up to say, I'm pleased we've qualified. I completely agree with what you've said. Right, there okay. is some. We, we, we don't, we don't know where we are with with the final team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we, we we could have won seven two tonight, and I think seven two or seven three, it would it, it, it would have been disappointing. R- right. On seven nil though. Yeah, yeah, we did, and it's great. Are you looking forward to Christmas? I'm not, uh, yeah, 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 I am, because my team's doing really well. Yeah, you, Sheffield United fan. Yeah, but I'm talking like Christmas in general. Like, are you are you looking forward to uh, having a good time and uh, having a few beers with your mates, maybe a bit of a Christmas dinner? You get, you get bored if you get too many, too many presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what about if the turkey's too good and yeah. bring out too yeah. many spuds? Is that a bit boring? Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head, lads. <laughs> I'm not going to call you Harry, I'm going to call you Happy. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Happy. How, how, many, how many desserts will be on the Christmas dinner table? Just one? <laughs> Would that be a bit disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your night, guys. Here's the take of Steve McLaren and his time as England manager on the Jim White Show with Natalie Sawyer and Glenn Johnson. You've been in the hot seat. How do you feel Gareth coped this week with what was going on off the field and approaching what is a highly significant international? <laughs> Watching with uh, with great interest. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's kind of I wouldn't say the first crack, but these things are, are obvious. I, I, you know, it's very very difficult international management, especially with England, because I always remember even under Sven and, and myself when Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, they were vying for the top, and and they'd sometimes play on a Sunday, win or lose the game, and then the next day you've got them as a squad, and you know that. You know, half of them are going to be so, so disappointed because it'd be a massive game and half of them so elated that they'd want to joke. They'd be a little bit humble and, and the others would be... So it was always a difficult atmosphere. It was always always tinged with just on the edge of of an explosion. And uh, and we've had one. And, you know, there's been many more and we all have spats and we all have this one. But I've got to say, I think conflicts within the international squad can occur because of the rivalry in the clubs and the clashes on the field, which you can't get away from. And and sometimes, you know, they can be really underlying without coming out. You know, I think it's good that it's come out. I think it's good that, you know, whatever, good or bad, they've expressed it. And conflict can be a, a great opportunity to stamp authority, to sort things out, to come together closer. And I think, um, you know, as long as Gareth handles that well, which he's done so far... Uh, the media obviously are trying to explode that and, and, and make it bigger than what it is. But they've handled it well. We'll see how they go forward from that. It's, it's sometimes, uh, not I would say make a break, but just a little crack that, that needs to be sealed up. Time to go back to breakfast and another former England manager, Sven Goran Eriksson. He's on with Al and Ali. So 1,000 games, Sven, for England. What would be your special memory when you were in charge, Sven? Well, I would say Germany away, 2001 it must have been. Yeah, I was there. Fantastic. You were there? Yes, yes. (laughs) 
that uh, of course that result was uh, something very very special so i will always remember that game for sure so stan where are you now uh, are you are you in england or are you home in sweden where are you no for the moment i'm home in sweden uh-huh. <clears throat> be chilly very chilly there sven well uh, it's cold yes what about, uh, I thought maybe you might have been coming to Wembley tonight because uh, obviously a thousand games, a lot of invites went out. It was just a case of, you're, you know, you're, uh, well, you're in Sweden, you didn't fancy the journey. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know until yesterday that it was 1,000 games. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle, and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Here's Hawksby and Jacobs up in Manchester and the Toronto Wolfpack Rugby League player, John Wilkin, on his new teammate and egg-chasing superstar, Sonny Bill Williams. Where did you get the nod that Sonny Bill was going to be a teammate then? Um, well, I got a picture of him in his underwear sent to me <laughs> off my wife. Uh, <laughs> so it was either we'd signed him or there was some bad news coming. <laughs> Thankfully, we'd signed him. <laughs> it is exciting though, isn't it? Rather? It is. Yeah, yeah, I've never been more intimidated by a man in all my life because <laughs> he walks in, he's six foot five. He could knock you out if he wants. He's a good boxer. Yeah. Um, Have you ever played against him? I, play, um, I think in 2007 when I was playing for England, um, he played for New Zealand or when it was Great Britain back then. Yeah. Um, but he's good at, good at rugby league, he's good at rugby union, he could do anything. He's, he's devastatingly handsome, yeah. he, looks gr- <laughs> he looks great in his underpants. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? There must be something wrong with him. Yeah. We've just not found it yet. I'll, I'll do a lot of digging though. This yeah, year. Yeah. Have you ever played <laughs> union? Have you played any? I played one game of rugby union and... Um, against Sale in a cross-code game. Oh, yeah, so we played half things. league, half yeah. union. Yeah. And it was my first ever game for St. Helens. And I played hooker in the rugby union half. And the South African guy opposite me pulled the referee and said, look, if we don't stop being competing at scrums, I'll break this kid's neck. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was it. That was my one and only uh, oh. <laughs> attempt at rugby union. Time to go back to Jim White and the 1,000th man to play football for England. That's right. The flying postman himself, Neil Webb. And I said, oh, do you realise how significant your debut is? And I said, well, this is, for me, it's an absolute personal <laughs> privilege. Like, you know, he said, oh, no, you're the thousandth captain ever England player. And I was like, oh, that's a bonus. So, um, 
yeah, I didn't really take it on board, really. I was a thousand capped England player. I thought, well, great. So I got my, my cap and uh, shirt frame that week and um, I've kept it ever since. I think it was, what, 26 caps you had in total for England. When you look back on your in- England career, how fondly do you look back on it? I look at it greatly, you know, I mean... My aim in my life as a football, I was a Reading lad, a Reading supporter, and my my only aim in football was to play for Reading. Uh, everything else was an absolute bonus, and then to go on to Portsmouth, to Forest, play for England, and then on to Man U, that, you know, that was just tremendous for me. You know, something I never dreamed of, only seen it on TV on a Sunday afternoon, if you remember the big match on ITV. <laughs> so, that, yeah, it was, it was great. Great feeling. The unfortunate thing is I snapped my Achilles in, uh, in the qualifier in Sweden, um, which really did my seasoning, really. So, um, unfortunately, I didn't play a, a significant part in the World Cup in 1990, which I would have liked to have done. Don't forget that Kosovo versus England is live on TalkSport on Sunday. It's a five o'clock kickoff. Now then, time to hear one more time from the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury, on with Alan and Ali. I don't like it, but I'm old-fashioned. The, the, these internet guys who turn up and they're, they've got 20 million followers each and they're top of the bill. Uh, no, come on, surely not. But again, to a, to a severe boxing fan, they don't want to see two YouTubers have a fight. But yeah. to the outside world, all their 20 million followers or whatever, it brings more eyes to the sport than I love. So I thought it was great for boxing because you got these two YouTubers, mm-hmm. total different, the, the fans of them are like, 10-year-old kids and all these, these young people and it brings more people, more fans to boxing, which means young prospects of the future have a better sport and a better chance to make it in sport when there's more people watching and more interest yeah. in the game. Do we do enough now for young kids in big cities, you know, deprived areas? We talk about York Hall, we talk about Bethnal Green, we talk about uh, Repton Boys Club. Uh, do we do enough to, to get young kids off the street in the ring? Well, they're bringing boxing back in schools and it's coming mainstream now. For the last, say, five or six, seven years, it's been a mainstream sport in, in this country. And, you know, I believe that all, all young kids would benefit from going to a boxing gym because one thing you never see is you never go to a boxing club and find a load of little cheeky children in there, ever, yeah. because they all know what it's like to be punched in the face. Yeah. And a lot of this this culture today of all the stabbings and all the knife crime and all the gang warfare and all that stuff, you know... Maybe if these kids were talked to a boxing gym or a local community centre mm. and they were part of something, they wouldn't have to hang around on the mm. street robbing people or stabbing people. What type of lines do you end, want to end? You know, so, the song. So I'll, the song. I'll, sing, I'll sing the like the hook of it. Yes, yes. Grab bad Sharon from the office, nick the champagne, let's get off it. Just in time for Roland's that's that number one for me. I'm a bit of a cami. Number two one. <laughs> Tyson, I want to ask you a quick question for you here. Past and present, who would you like to fight right now, given the opportunity? And of all the great fighters that have been, who would you like to have fought? Well, I don't like matching fighters from the past because I, I don't see the point in it because it's unrealistic and it can never happen. But. If I was to fight someone from the past, it'd be, I don't know, the greatest of all time, maybe Muhammad Ali. Yeah. So I could just take one job and lay down. Would you Would you <laughs> outlip him? Would you I'd, be too clever for him? I'd outlip him, but I'd just take one job and fall over. <laughs> just to say I got knocked out Respect. by Muhammad Ali. You 
You've been listening to the TalkSport Daily Tyson Fury slash England 1000th International Special with me, Adam Catterall. Absolute pleasure to be in your company this week. The big man is back next week. No, not Tyson Fury. Someone who's a little bit lighter. That's right. You know who. Him. Be safe, everybody. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.